0: Hello, greetings, dear listeners, welcome to another episode of 20 and 20, the rapid fire review show from the New Experimental Hours Podcast Network. My name is Pat, I'm your host, I was your host last week too, and if all goes according to plan, I'll be your host next week. Episode 17 time, people, it's 11.53 in the morning, February 12th, I'm broadcasting to you from the 2020 studios in my basement in Chicago. 2020 2020 hi this is barbara walters and welcome to 2020 that's a i'm pretty good at that impersonation i will say okay let's move on uh if you haven't joined us before 20 and 20 is a rapid fire review show i'm going to review 20 things in 20 minutes with the help of a stopwatch in and out of your lives in and out of your earbuds i enjoy it i hope you do too thanks for being here all right taking out my stopwatch right now and hitting start It's been really cold in Chicago this past week and a half or two weeks. Lots of snow. Temperatures hovering right around 10 to 20 degrees in the daytime, even colder at night. And so, I know how to dress myself. I got coats, I got boots and shoes and all that. But I do have a dog. His name's Ray. I haven't talked about him much on the show, but what do you do with your dog when it's that cold? I admit Historically, I have scoffed at people who have put their dogs into clothing. If I see your dog wearing a sweater, I am going to think privately, mind you. In my head, I'm going to judge you and I'm going to think you, your dog looks dumb. But I noticed Ray was walking pretty gingerly. He could have used some boots, some little booties this week. He was cold. I don't think I can get him in a sweater, but booties, Maybe. I should look into it probably. I think the worst is over maybe. I really hope so. It's getting a little old, but dog clothes are on the rise. You heard it here first, folks, in 2020. Um, Another, uh, I guess it's kind of like an item of clothing, but another thing that you use periodically that you probably don't think about all that much, dishwashing gloves. I just want to bring up a fact about dishwashing gloves that I'm very uncomfortable with why do they only make dishwashing gloves in sizes small medium and you know you put on the large size or even the extra large and they are not big enough for my hands this is a sexist uh decision by the dishwashing gloves manufacturers and i don't know who it's more sexist to, men or women because you know on the one hand i can't fit into any of these gloves but on the other hand (laughs) Uh, It means that maybe women are doing all the dishwashing just because they're the only ones whose hands fit in the gloves. That's not right. Make bigger dishwashing gloves. I've been casting a wide net for them. I can't find them at the Jewels. Can't find them at Target. Starting to get a little frustrated by it, frankly. And my hands are raw. I need gloves. Companies, reach out. 20 and 20. Sponsor the pod, okay? Uh, You know, and I was talking about going to Jewel, going to Target. I do sometimes go in person, I admit. I wear a mask and all, um, but you know what I don't wear? Headphones. I do not wear headphones. I do not wear earbuds. When I'm shopping, I am there. I am getting the audio from around the room, okay? And I think it is rude to wear headphones, earbuds, earpods when you are uh, shopping somewhere. I don't have a lot to back this up. I just When I see someone in the aisle and I want to get by them, but I notice they're listening to music or a podcast... Or talking on the phone, but like they got the earbud in. That bugs me. I think you should just be there without them. That's a personal feeling. If you work in a grocery store, I'd love to hear uh, your take on this. People do it at my uh, seasonal retail job as well. That's a clothing store. And uh, just think it's kind of lame. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's a hot take, okay? Let's move on. I would like to give a special shout out to Pianist um, electric piano player, guitar player, Chick Corea, who died yesterday at the age of 79. Born in 1941, Chick Corea is a beast. His music, uh, will live on. I'm sure of it. I was listening to his band Return to Forever this morning. Some of my favorite jazz, uh, certainly some of my favorite fusion jazz, uh, to come out of the mid to late 20th century. Truly fantastic, Uh, great at piano phrasing, great at harmony, has a really distinctive ear for melody and harmony. So uh, Chick Corea also played with Miles Davis' band. He had a a bunch of different groups throughout the years. He put out like 90 records, completely prolific, really interesting dude. And I just want to thank Chick Corea for sharing his gifts with us for as long as he did. Um, I, I loved his playing. What can I say? Incredible piano player. I also want to give a shout-out to a modern uh, entertainer. He's not dead. In fact, he's very much alive. The Weeknd played this year's Super Bowl, and I know that feels like it was a long time ago. He was the halftime entertainment. I really enjoyed it. I usually think Super Bowl halftime shows are the worst. Uh, They feature artists I don't care about doing songs that I hate, Uh, with backdrops and pyrotechnics and all that that I find deplorable. But this time around, The Weeknd brought... uh, A bit of edgy, weirdness, coolness. Um, Just a vibey performance to the Super Bowl, and I was really appreciative. I liked the record he put out last year. I thought it was pretty strong. The singles that he did play, he picked the right ones. They're really good, really melodic and catchy. So I think he did a great job, and I would like to see more artists like that in the Super Bowl in the future. Uh, Football, though, of course, that's canceled, right? Football. I talked about that in another pod episode. Moving on. Uh, Noah, the New York City Uh, I would call it menswear line, some people might call it streetwear, I call it elevated streetwear, dad streetwear, menswear. They put out a new spring summer line, one of the first companies to do it that I've noticed, pretty good, strong work. The lookbook was really classy, Um, put together some really good looks, none of the pieces are particularly flashy, none of them are grails right off the bat. But I do see how they all work together to form really solid fits. The uh, items that I was drawn to, uh, they have a, baited, a braided belt uh, with various shades of brown that is gorgeous. That was my favorite piece. They also have a wool cashmere double-breasted suit jacket, which is beautiful. And their rugby shirts from this line are really strong. So go to NoahNYC.com. Check out the latest offerings. Pick up something from the, the company if you got the money, if you got the uh, if you're interested. One of my pet peeves is wet socks. God, I hate having wet socks. I, If I so much as step on a droplet of water, I feel like I notice it, and I feel like I've immediately got to peel that sock off my foot, put it in the hamper. I might have put it on five minutes before that. Put it in the hamper. That sock is now done. I need a new pair of socks. I am not proud of this. I feel like I should be able to live with my discomfort a little bit more, but I'm just that guy who needs a pair of dry fresh socks. The other day, I probably had five different pairs of socks on over the course of the day. Part of this is that I got kids, they track snow, water through the house, like crazy. They track water through the kitchen when they pour water for themselves or when they, you know, just like there's water on the floor a lot. So I wear a lot of slippers and um, yeah, I just don't like wet socks. Speaking of slippers, I do love slippers. I'm a slipper freak. And you would think that I'd have a lot of different pairs of slippers that I've tried everything on the market. I really haven't. I've had a couple pairs of cheap slippers from Old Navy. I don't like them. They fall apart and they're not particularly comfortable. And I've had a somewhat expensive pair of slippers from Sorrel. Sorrel. S-O-R-E-L. You know this company. I think Polar Bear is its logo. They make excellent footwear. I've really enjoyed their slippers. I've had two pairs now. Same model. They look dumb. I'm going to be honest with you. They are really dumb looking. They look like elf's shoes. Not something I would wear out I do get the mail in them from time to time, but they are so fluffy and comfortable, very warm. They have a grippy bottom, easy to get on and off. And here's the secret for you slippers freaks out there. you got to wear socks with your slippers. Controversial, but it's true. You don't want your feet getting all sweaty in there, and then they get the fabric sweaty, and then they start to stink, and then you get that, like, where all the interior lining gets all, like, matted down and brown. You don't want that. Put on a pair of socks. It'll keep your feet warm. The comfort is still there, I promise you, but the smell, I'm going to wear these slippers every day for the next two years, and then I'll get a new pair. That's a lot of life for a single pair of slippers, and that's my strategy. Okay. Something you're supposed to be able to get six years of use out of is a car seat, but I'm going to put a company on blast right now for making trash car seats. That's the Graco company. Come on, Graco. I got two of your car seats. I think they're called like three-in-one or all-in-one. Anyway, they're these car seats that are supposed to be... um, They're supposed to adapt to your child's size through the years. So as you go from rear-facing to forward-facing to booster seat car seat style, they're supposed to, you know, grow. But these car seats are enormous. The harnesses are terrible. They're very hard to tighten. Uh, My wife can't even really do it, so I'm always jumping in for her and like you know, wrangling with the straps and we are currently, uh, shopping around for better car seats. So Graco, pick it, pick it up guys. (laughs) Okay. 2020 has you in our eyesight and we're saying no, we're giving you a thumbs down. Don't take that lightly. Um, I want to give a recommendation to my listeners. I like to always bring forward an instrumental record or a new age record, an ambient record, electronic record. I like to give you all recommendations from those fields of music. And mine this week is Chuck Johnson's The Cinder Grove. It's a new record by Chuck Johnson. I became familiar with his work because he was a an American finger-picking sort of guy. You know, one of these guitarists who's indebted to John Fahey. Sounded a little bit like, oh, what, William Tyler? as it William Tyler? I think his name is. Uh, Daniel Bachman. But he's turned his attention to the pedal steel, and the music he is making with the pedal steel is absolutely fantastic. It is ambient, not uh, not unlike Bing and Ruth. I know you love them. And it's very calming, very gentle, great for the morning. I'm making a French press. You know I'm putting that Cinder Grove record on by Chuck Johnson. It's going to be one of my favorite releases of 2021. I can already feel it. Thank you, Chuck, for the new music. Awesome job, dude. I also want to explain a little bit because Taylor Swift put out a new version of an old song that she did because she no longer owns the masters of her back catalog. Let's talk about what that means. Masters versus publishing. What the heck does that mean? So typically in the music industry, you either have the rights uh, to your master recordings or the rights to your publishing or both or neither um, more often than not, the master publishing is owned by the record company. What is the master? The master is the, you know, the reel of tape that you use to record the song. It's maybe the digital files. You steward those files or that tape for it, so you have to be responsible for, you know, protecting them, for storing them, for making sure they don't fall apart if it's tape. But then you also get to reissue the record. You get to you know, profit off of it if you sell it to a movie or a TV show or a commercial. So owning the masters is potentially very profitable and very important. Publishing is goes to whoever wrote the song. So it's like, um, you know, Taylor Swift owns the publishing to her songs because she wrote those songs. So if someone chooses to cover a Taylor Swift song for their record, she would get paid from that. If they, if a movie studio buys "Love Story" from her record company, she would not get paid. So. That's a very crucial distinction. Uh, I know it's a little complicated and a little bit silly, perhaps, uh, you know, but it, it has real ramifications for lots of artists, um, from powerhouses like Taylor Swift on down to, to much smaller indie artists. We also want to talk about public domain this week on the show, getting into a little bit of legalese, but public domain is something that, uh, so exam- for example... Have you ever gone to Barnes and Noble and seen that they have like $10 copies of Pride and Prejudice, uh, Anna Karenina, like books like that, old books? The reason for that is those texts are in the public domain. They're no longer copyrighted. Anybody can go to Kinko's and print out a copy of that and sell it, okay? And that's why Barnes and Noble can do so for cheap. Uh, And in the United States, anything published before 1926 is in the public domain. Guess who should have been in the public domain a while ago, but okay, I'm gonna. It's Steamboat Willie, aka Mickey Mouse. Should have been in the public domain a while ago, but Disney has used their legal power and financial powers to basically uh, retain the copyright on Mickey Mouse so that I can't make a Mickey Mouse cartoon. You can't do it either. You got to pay for the rights of the character, and they're not going to give you those rights. Mickey Mouse is set to enter the public domain in 2024. On January 1st, as a matter of fact, will it? That remains to be seen. It's going to be an interesting story when that comes around. But the public domain is an interesting, um, interesting and very uh, fertile place for for artists to look if they're, you know, hoping to. I, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Anyway, let's continue on. We're running out of time here. Uh, Trader Joe's is an awesome. <laughs> Trader Joe's is an awesome grocery store, guys. I like it. Here's something I want to say about Trader Joe's, though. Why are your tortilla chips so bad? You do everything else well. You got good yogurt. You got good snack mix for nuts. You got good cheeses. Your tortilla chips taste like the the kind you get at like a ball game when you order the the nachos and it's just the chips with the little cup of cheese. Step it up, guys. I know I'm never going to get rid of my El Ranchero, but sometimes I'm at Trader Joe's. I'm still going to pick up a bag of tortilla chips. Why does it have to taste like cardboard? Why does it have to taste like communion wafer? I know you can do better, Trader Joe's. Get in touch with some of the fine people of Chicago and uh, pay them some money to manufacture for you. Slap your name on Get an agreement going. I don't know. Whatever the case, you need to do better. DB, do better. Okay, number (laughs) four. A lot of people scoff when they see French fries on the menu at a Mexican restaurant. Not me, people. I am ordering French fries when I get Mexican food. That's crazy. Pat, why would you do that? Well, first of all, when I got that menu in front of me, I'm ordering lots of stuff. Quesadilla? Yes. Enchiladas? Yes. Nachos? Yes. Couple tacos? Why not? Empanadas? Yes, please. An horchata? Yes. Of course I want that. French fries? Yes. I want French fries. Here's why. My kids like them, okay? They're not always going to eat a taco or whatever, but I can usually depend on them to eat French fries. And it is a nice change of pace. You're eating the taco. You got the tortilla chips going. You got a burrito. Maybe you got a tostada. But then you eat a French fry with some ketchup. That's a hard left pivot. And you know what? It's a good one to take. Order a, order some fries next time you go to, uh, you know, your local Mexican eatery. I think you will enjoy it. Okay, let's do this week's underrated, overrated, properly rated. We're talking Dunkin' Donuts Munchkins flavors. Okay. Munchkins flavors. So, glazed munchkins are properly rated. They're fluffy, they're light, they're delicious. Everyone knows that, and they kick ass. They're properly rated. Chocolate munchkins are properly rated. Again, everyone knows that these are some of the best munchkins uh, in the world. They're freaking delicious. They're properly rated. Cinnamon. Underrated. Cinnamon munchkins are pretty dang good. Um, I like them a lot better than powdered sugar munchkins Overrated. So messy. Flavor's not great. Who is eating these? Like you, you is, As an adult, you can't eat a powdered donut, okay? I'm saying it here first. No powdered sugar donuts for adults. Old-fashioned. Highly underrated. Highly underrated because you can dip it in coffee. If you can't have coffee, it's properly rated. It's just like trash. It's, it's a sponge for coffee. If you got coffee, it is underrated big time. Alright, and the jelly, we're not talking jelly. Who gets the jelly? It's trash. Um, Overrated, even if you... Horrible. Um, Underrated, overrated, properly rated. Whoa, two times in one week? Yeah, because I had two great ideas. This time we are doing Seinfeld characters. Seinfeld characters on underrated, overrated, properly rated. Let's start with Jerry. Jerry is underrated. Lots of people are like, oh, he's not a good actor. He, He got better, and he's funny. He's so funny, and he's Ninety percent of people in this world are more like Jerry than anybody else. That's I th- I believe that too. I know I'm more like Jerry than any of the other characters. Okay, George is properly rated. I feel like his care like he is the most popular character for a reason. It's because he's hilarious, and um, I, I will never be convinced otherwise. Kramer overrated. N- N- Kramer's hilarious. Okay. The way that culture um, embraced Kramer over the years, especially right around the time the show ended, just didn't seem to line up with the with how good he was on the show. It like, overshadowed a lot of the other characters, and that rubbed me the wrong way. I do love Kramer, though, but overrated. And Elaine, underrated. I mean, I like a tangy gal who's not afraid to speak her mind, who's sarcastic, who's got a biting sense of humor that is elaine to a t god is she funny also super babe and uh (laughs) and great performance perhaps the best performance on the show great physical actress physical comedian when she pushes you get out oh my god elaine is underrated shout out to julia all right two underrated overrated properly rated in one episode you betcha you bet your bottom dollar let's go on to smoked beers I am all about smoked beers. I've cast a, you know, I've, I've pulled my friends. It seems like I'm the only one who's going all in on smoked beers, specifically Smoked Hells, H-E-L-L-E-S. I love those beers. Pipeworks makes a really delicious one that I bought at the Trader Joe's um, when I was buying the Trash Tortilla Chips. I also bought their delicious beer. Awesome. So good. Um, Alarmist Brewing, another Chicago brewer, small microbrewery has a beer called The World is a Campfire. Yes, The World is a Campfire, which is a nice uh, play on the Smashing Pumpkins uh, lyric. Both are excellent local options for smoked hells. Uh, If you haven't tried this style before, I recommend it. It's good for the weather. It's it's nice and light, but it also has got a little bit of uh, heft to it. A little bit of dark heft. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much, mary wilson of the supremes for sharing your gifts with us for all these years mary wilson died at the age of 76 this past week she was a founding member of the supremes back when the supremes were just three young women detroit back when pop music was so different and they changed pop music they changed it for the better big time uh the only pop vocal group to uh, really compete with the Beatles in the 60s. The Supremes had so many great hits, I can't even start to name them all. But where did our love go? Baby love. Stop in the name of love. Do you see what they were up to? They had hits on hits on hits. Mary Wilson did not sing lead. That was Diana Ross, of course. But Mary Wilson was one of the critical background singers for the Supremes who made their songs stand out among the pack of girl groups. So thank you, Mary Wilson, for sharing your gifts with us. You are a terrific singer and a great steward for that pop music of the 60s, and uh, sad to see you gone, sad to see you gone, but thank you. Dragons Love Tacos is the name of a kid's book, and they have a sequel called Dragons Love Tacos 2. I really like this book. Adam Rubin and Daniel Salmieri are the uh, makers behind this book. I can't remember which one wrote it, and which one illustrated it, but... Basically, it is a book about how dragons like tacos, but wait, they do not like spicy tacos. And if they eat a spicy taco, things go bad. I'll leave you uh, to imagine what happens. But uh, my kids love the book. I like the book a lot. I think the illustrations are on point. Really clever writing. So if you are uh, got a niece or a nephew, or if you got some kids and you want to buy them a new book, I recommend Dragons Love Tacos. Get both of them at once. I don't think you can go wrong. Last but not least, shout out to Valentine's Day. Is Valentine's Day overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Well, there's a brand of person who hates Valentine's Day because they've got a cold heart. And they think, oh, it is a commercial holiday. It's invented by Hallmark. Well, okay, yes, that's true. There's another person who seems like, almost, like, naive, like, oh, my Valentine's Day is so sweet. You celebrate love? That seems a little weird, too. So I'm just going to say properly rated. It's both as Dumb as hell holiday, and it's also kind of sweet if you get wrapped up in it for just a moment. Um, A lot of great music was written about Valentine's Day. I'll probably post about it on my Instagram profile, New Experimental Hours. Go look me up on Instagram, but Valentine's Day is coming up. It's this Sunday. Made some cards for the kids. They're going to hand them out at school. Super fun. I remember doing that as a kid. Always used to buy the ones at the supermarket. We made them. But, you know, I know eventually they're going to want the My Little Pony ones. And we'll probably say okay. Anyway, that's all the uh, content that I have today. All of my reviews, 20 in total. Sorry I went a little bit overboard, but I had a lot to say about music publishing. What a splendid idea, Pat, talking about that. Thank you. I'm glad you thought so. All right. Next week will be episode 18. If you have any questions for my mailbag, any ideas for shows, if you want to reach out, please hit me up. I am available at newexperimentalhours at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram. You also probably know me in real life. Please don't be afraid to reach out via text message or email. I will be happy to correspond. I hope you have a great week. Stay warm. Mask up. The worst is almost over. I do think that's true. Have a great week. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.